This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. John, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? You're doing great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We like to kick things off on the show by asking if you have family members who have been entrepreneurs or business owners, maybe even creatives. Is that part of your origin story at all? It, 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 it's not, uh, actually. So uh, I did not come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, and I would say, in general, a pretty conservative. And, you know, my I, I'm the youngest of four uh, and I'm, you know, late fifties. Uh, and so my parents were, you know, depression era kids, World War II uh, vets, and I think pretty modest expectations uh, and stuff. And so really like thinking big and betting on yourself were kind of concepts that uh, was was not necessarily in our vernacular, kind of the ethos of of how I grew up and stuff. Yeah. And that is interesting to know because you've worked with like Microsoft, Walmart, Nordstrom, T-Mobile. We're talking household names, right? So where does this come from for you? Was it because those concepts are so foreign that you were committed to exploring them or something else? Well, I, you know, it comes from a lot of places, right? It's tough to boil down into, into one piece. Um, I studied uh, industrial engineering in college. I went to Oregon State University. I was very fortunate to get to go there. And um, what I what I became interested in was like this this intersection of people and work and productivity and technology and strategy. And so um, I've always approached things in kind of a multidisciplinary, multi-perspective manner. And I was just fortunate enough to have a set of experiences in my career that kind of built on and fed upon those. And it also required me to to travel and see the world uh, a lot. And so I got to really love, you know, the adventure of, um, of, of travel and working with other organizations. I've to some degree always been in consulting in my career. I've always had clients um, and and so that that empathy of trying to understand the other party, quickly figuring out how to add value, trying to understand like why are they stuck, like what's in the way, and then applying kind of these multidisciplinary levers to help them achieve their goals. Like that's kind of the common thing theme that I've done across my entire career, and I've just you know had the opportunity it's like I've been able to build kind of my own brand and I was a uh as as you know I was a, a early executive at Amazon I was a partner at a, a consulting firm for 12 years after that and I just kind of came to realize like hey my next step 
was, you know, just kind of having my own brand. And, um, and that was, that was a pretty easy transition at that point in my career, but it, I never started off as like thinking of myself as an entrepreneur. I like to help companies innovate how to, how to serve customers better, how to grow, how to build new business models, how to, how to compete in new ways in, you know, kind of the digital era. Right. And I, 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 just have figured out how to do that in many different contexts. And I have had the opportunity to work with several great brands and I just keep learning along the way. Got it. So like, like most stories, it sort of just happened that way while you were trying to just do what you had to do in life. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, looking backward, you can kind of see the, the connection, but I've never, um, had too much more than I kind of think of year long plans. And so that the way I plan my business and what I want to accomplish is I kind of think one year out, have some objectives, and then I kind of work backwards from like, okay, what do I need to do to get those things done? And uh, that's kind of how I've um, managed my career for better or worse. I'm not proposing that that's the right way to do it. But that's kind of how I've done it. Did you have sort of an ambition at any point in your career before getting bigger names to be like, oh, I want to work with Walmart one day? Or did that ever no, cross I, your mind? I, I was always I was always more interested in the in the quality of the problem. Like how interesting is the scenario to do? And that always just put me into great uh great places uh and everything. And and so and the companies that I worked with put me in situations where I got to work on hard problems with the great brands. And then I, I just got good at, you know, finding companies and, and helping them relate to like, Hey, what I help leaders do and companies do fits you to a T. I also, I, I live in, you know, primarily I live in Seattle, Washington, which is just an incredible area with incredible brands and kind of an ethos of innovation and reinvention and and technology capability and so that ecosystem you know i've i've had the advantage of being part of that ecosystem and a lot of those brands come from from that area yeah there's there's something interesting about the way that you see business with the idea of looking at the problem and focusing on that because a lot of people do fall in love with their products, their services, some even their personal brand and completely lose sight of how important the problem is in that equation. How far back does this go for you being able to tap into, oh, this is like, I need to focus on the problem. What? How can you trace that back to where you first started thinking that way? I I, I, I think that really is the basis of... Um, engineering backgrounds and disciplines, you know, you you get really good at decomposing a situation into, you know, smaller chunks and understanding root cause and, and understanding both the flow and kind of, you know, mathematics is essentially the, the language of, of describing situations and change and stuff. So how do you use the, the right math models to understand a situation? And so I became verse pretty early through both education and my career of like, how do you break problems down? And I think kind of in the last, call it 15, 20 years of my career, it's more about how do you integrate back up, right? How do you um, figure out the right strategy, what we want to do 
and crisply describe the outcomes and the goals and and the value propositions that you want to develop and then work backwards to well here's how I'm going to build up to it so you know in one sense my career was kind of like first half was kind of deeply being able to understand situations and the second half has been really about how do you create strategies and the combination makes me makes me a, a a really good advisor to companies because I, I help them both understand what they want to accomplish. And secondly, how do you go about doing it? I see. Okay. So we reached the first part where I want to sort of break this uh, apart and, and sort of map it out here. We're going to go ahead and give a shout out to a sponsor right now. But when we, when we return from that, I actually want to hear Jason's reflections on sort of what you shared with us so far before we go back into asking more about what's going on. Because uh, I think there's a lot there that you, that you said that I want, I want to have Jason unpack. So our first break here is a big shout out to Kelly Gordon, if you haven't met her. And I hope that you do one day, John. Uh, but this is for all the listeners. Kelly Gordon in Cyberpreneur Inferno has essentially got your back when it comes to helping you break out of that burnout cycle. And this particularly goes to like agency owners and and, and small businesses and people that are in that space. If the assumption is you were going to start your agency and get more money and more freedom and that didn't happen, well, you can stay in that rat race and, and you know try to put in the 10,000 hours or you can work with Cyberpreneur Inferno, which is a community that Kelly Gordon has put together that will help you with a proven method, get where you want to go. It's all about frameworks and methodologies, right? And you can get a 15% tuition discount just by letting them know you heard about them through the War Room. That's War Room 15. It's all love. That's why they're doing this. They are part of our community. They listen to the show too. So you're in good hands and they have the hundred day guarantee they want to put in there. Uh, but with that said, you can go to get.cyberpreneurinferno.com. That's get.cyberpreneurinferno.com forward slash four by four method. That's four X four. All right. So Jason, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what John has been breaking down about not only how businesses focus on problems per se and how that really does unlock a lot of things. And that comes from a place of understanding things deeply, but also sort of watching a story of someone who came from not entrepreneurs, right? It's just general hardworking people like anyone else, then launching and going the distance and reaching levels with like being an early partner with Amazon and, you know, big household name brands and and what that did, all while he originally intended to have an engineering background. And, and you never know where life takes you. And it's one of those classic stories we've seen. So I'd love to hear sort of your take on that. Well, I look at it this way. We go through life experiences, right? So like we could synergize our experience almost just they're different paths, right? So I spent 23 years in the military. Um while you spent your time doing the things you were doing, I was growing businesses in the military side by side, doing that too, right? Why? Because we compartmentalize things, right? And to me, like the work you and I do is very, very similar. Um, the way we do it could be different, but the work we do is the same. And for me, like most businesses, and I'm sure you've seen this a thousand times, they think they have a problem, but really there's four real problems stacked up over in the corner here that they've been ignoring. And they've not learned how to compartmentalize all these things and, uh, you know, succinctly solve problems 
through a process. Business is a process. That's all it is. It's very mechanical. You don't, I don't care what anybody says. You don't got to love it and fall in love with it. And it's, it's your baby and all. It can be very mechanical. And in the consulting world, you can like take people through that process very mechanically. And the business will do its thing. It'll run itself. It's when you put the people in there, that's when it screws it all up. <laughs> right. So, so that, that part of it right there that you've done with a lot of you, the clients that you work with, I'm sure is very similar to what I do. And, you know, we need more of that. We need more of the experience driven stuff, right? Cause there's, a lot of people that have came into our space over the last year and a half or two years um, that magically know how to grow businesses now um, and coaches, I call them COVID coaches. Um, and that's damaged our businesses quite a bit. I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen it, but we sure have seen it. LinkedIn's flooded with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it really, I, I have seen it and absolutely yeah. understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't feel um, too much of the impact um, of that, yeah. uh, but yeah. I'm sure that, that it's very real. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, more frustrating than anything to know that, to know that there's people out there that aren't qualified to do those things when there's folks like, you know, like Philip, he's, uh, you know, the absolute consummate brand expert, right? You do the consulting work. I do the consulting work. I've been doing it for years, years and years and years. And for me, it's just irritating that it even exists, period. Um, it's not that I end up getting clients that that went through a bad a bad experience with somebody else. Right. And and that's irritating. Right. But that's where, where people like you need to come along and, and, and be a part of that too. And, and, and get people out of that, you know, it's okay to be skeptical, but, but there are really people like us that want to help people and not, not just out for the, out for the money of it all. So But when I listen to your story of everything, it all of our stories just seem to parallel together. It's just a different storyline, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that social media platforms have democratized yeah. sort of the ability for people for anybody to say they're in business and yeah. for anyone to tap in and message people and flood the market. Same thing happened in the music industry, right? Now it's happening in business because entrepreneurship is sexy and it's the in thing now. Now you yourself have put in the work and built up the reputation as we've seen through your story. And we sort of glided through that because there's no way we could encapsulate all your years at all these companies working partnered in tandem with them over time. But what I, what I want to know is if you step back for a second and look at that, if you had not associated with those major brands, would you look at your work the same as you do now? Yeah, great, great question. So I was a partner at Arthur Anderson in the late 90s, early 2000s. I got to be, as you said, uh, I was an early 
uh, executive at Amazon. I led the launch of the marketplace business. So that's third party selling at amazon.com. Today, that's over 58% of all units shipped and sold, over 3 million sellers on that platform. When I left Amazon in late 2005, I had a client at the Gates Foundation. This is four or five years after I left uh, Amazon. And he pulled me into his office one day and and said, you know, you do a, a great job of kind of delicately taking the little principles and anecdotes and mechanisms from Amazon and inserting them into our work. And I think you ought to write a book about it. And the smartest thing I did was talk him into being my partner on the books. And so we released the first edition of the Amazon Way. We released the third edition just a year ago. So it's Amazon Way about Amazon's leadership principles. We've sold over 200,000 copies of this book. Um, and it's really a, a greenfield set of topics because whether these are the right principles for you or not, thinking through a, a more holistic and tangible set of principles, not rules, but principles, things we ascribe to, how we work, what we prioritize, how we make decisions. I think any business, any team can improve if they reflect upon, well, what's our perspective relative to that, right? And working at Amazon completely sharpened kind of my critical thinking and having an eye towards distinctive features, distinctive value propositions, distinctive um, techniques on how to how to rethink whether it's who the customer is, what we're proposing to them, or how to solve a problem, how to improve service. Like Amazon just went about it with a, a different eye of both detail and insights. And that definitely made me a better advisor today. And so today, you know, I, I write a newsletter called the Digital Leader Newsletter. I, I write my books. I do keynotes. I do advisory work. And anywhere along that line, my whole goal is to give you tools and thinking and mechanisms that you can put to work so that you can think through this for yourself. Um, and that's that to me. Um, so that 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 point of time at Amazon uh, was really critical in kind of taking some some some. Uh, perspectives and really putting a flavor of like how to really get clear and concise and and differentiated in everything that you do. I see. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like uh, you can have you can have the same career, but the insights you gained from watching a company that was at that was at a pinnacle, not only in, in tech. And in growth, but in dot coms, and it was just such a perfect meld. And you happened to be in the room doing work with them. How it shifted the way you saw things. Yeah, so I, I was I was an employee. I wasn't a consultant at Amazon, so I, I was a senior leader there. And yeah, it it really was. What you know, this is the early two thousands, right? And so it was a very different company then. And we were really figuring out like like what are our leadership principles and how do we compete and what type of company are we? And so it was a really uh, formational time into Amazon. And although they've changed 10,000 times since I've been there, how they think 
about leadership, how they think about solving problems, how they work together. It's the exact same playbook. And I think that's been one of the real powers of their leadership principles and of their culture is how they go about it is very consistent. And and that's what's allowed them to grow to be such a big company today, but in relative terms, not bureaucratic, still entrepreneurial, still a place where people can get great work actually done and not just be impeded by bureaucracy. Did you ever get a chance to uh, to, to meet or talk or shake hands with uh, Bezos early, early oh, on? Oh, it, it went, I, I had the opportunity to be, to have many great lectures from Jeff Bezos. And I traveled a bunch with Jeff and, and everything. And um, I thought he was uh, just a, a fabulous strategist and, a really incredible operator, you know, and and I think today I think it's really easy to to snipe at, um, you know, the you know one of if not the world's richest man or whatever. But it's like people forget, like he he bet on himself. He pushed. He walked away from an incredible job at DE Shaw, and it didn't come early for Amazon, you know, and everything, right. It took, it took 10 or 15 years before the flywheel really took effect. And, and, um, and he, he operated the same way when things were kind of, you know, when, when the stock market was down as when it was up, he he was just a, a very, he was a tremendous problem solver. And he was really at his best when, you know, he liked to like really jump in and help, you know, figure out the situation and solve problems. I love that, man. It's great to hear that. If if you have, because you do, let's say you have the listeners right now on the edge of their seats, right? And they've they've seen your work, they've seen the the journey that you that you've shared with us here. Now the moment is, do you have anything that you want to leave behind? Is like, look, this is the bottom line. Whether you have major brands or not associated with you, when it comes to the work, this is really what it is. Those are my two cents. What is that for you in this moment right now? Well, I think um, people, they spend too much time contemplating the current situation and complaining about the current situation and, and describing the problem and not enough time describing, well, what's the future state you want, right? Amazon calls this working backwards. So start with the customer and the customer experience that you want and then work backwards to how you do that. And that technique of, yes, you need to understand the current situation, but what's harder and more important is actually being able to deeply describe, not casually describe, deeply describe how do you want it to work and then have the skills to actually figure out like, well, you know, what's our path towards getting there? And, and that to me is, is where is true innovation because you actualize like, okay, this is what I want to build. And then you have the skills to be able to actually build it, right? Build it through others, build it through your team, use technology, all the supply chain tools, all of those things to actually do it. And so I think the general point that too many people miss is, is um, how do you, it's, it, they complain about the current state too much, right? They complain about not being able to do something or the, the problems going, well, tell me what the future state needs to look like. And then we can figure out together how solutions in order to get there. I see. So you should boldly assert the ideal scenario and then 
reassess the 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 difference, the delta, right, between current state and future state, and then use every resource at your disposal to close that gap every step of the way as soon as you possibly can. I, 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 I love that, Philip. Bold. What did you say? Boldly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boldly describe. Yeah, boldly yeah, describe. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's state. great. That's ex- that's exactly it. Um, that is exactly it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and there's a, there, there, there's a bunch of techniques from Amazon in doing that. I describe them in the Amazon Way book. I write about them in my newsletter, the Digital Leader newsletter. Um, so there's a bunch of techniques, but it all gets to, as you said, like boldly describe the future state, and then and then you know have the multidisciplinary skills of knowing how to get there. Yeah. No, I love this, and we're and we're really. Let, let me just add this too, though, because, you know. All of that being said, then you have to actually action. (laughs) You actually have to take the action. And a lot of people get stuck in that first part, right? And then they get stuck in the action. They they don't take the action afterwards, right? And and it's persistent and consistent action and realizing that, you know, if you did describe a bold future state, you're not mm-hmm. going to get it right the first time. It's going to take a lot of iteration to get there. Right. Um, and and so it is, it is about taking action, Jason, and mm-hmm. not being, you know, satisfied with the status quo, but really, especially in bigger companies, like what they're just masters of is kind of complaining about the status quo <laughs> yeah. and not doing anything about it, you know. <laughs> it's the sheep's mentality, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, this is this is already turning like the volume all the way up. I hope people have been listening. Uh, we we're we're at the latter half. Really, there's very very little left to do. Again, want to take a quick shout out for Rogue Publishing Partners, also part of the community. We only do people who are in our community who actually listen to the show. We don't. It's very closed group. And one of those people is Shelby Joe Long with Rogue Publishing Partners. They are your quintessential turnkey solution for publishing, whether you're an entrepreneur, a coach, a consultant, what have you. If you don't have that resource, one of the best ones we can recommend is working with Rogue Publishing Partners. Just go to roguepublishingpartners.com. If you don't have a resource, I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong. They will get you the results you're looking for. They've already done it many times over. With that said- I've written three books and you do. You have to have a partner- uh, with with you to do it. It's it's a hard journey. You don't want to do it by yourself. Even if you know what you're doing, um, you don't do it by yourself. Hey, I really appreciate that. I was going to say, I want to roll out the red carpet for you too and let people know, like, where do you want them specifically to go? You mentioned a few things earlier about your newsletter and where the book is. Yeah, but I, I mean, really, where do you want them to go? What's the call to action? So, you know, the Amazon way available in in Audible, Kindle, paperback, find it at Amazon, The Amazon Way by John Rossman. Um, my newsletter you can find on Substack, subscribe for free. It's called the Digital Leader Newsletter um, or LinkedIn, you know, John Rossman. I have a website, rossmanpartners.com, but it's probably easier to just find me on LinkedIn if you want to say hi. Right on. I think there's been incredible learning in this conversation, lots of value. It's not often people get a chance to not only here were the strategists in real time, what shaped them to be the professional they are, but also what they took away if they did have the chance to work 
with major names and, and what that does to the t- kind of work that you're doing. So it's like, you know, it's like throwing hot sauce on an already delicious taco. You just know it's going to just be a little spicier, but that's, but that, but that makes a difference. Right. So uh, forgive me. It sounds like I'm hungry here. <laughs> uh, you probably are after it is a Friday, you know, it is a Friday. <laughs> Uh, but, but with that said, man, I can't thank you enough for bringing that energy. And and I know and I felt it the entire conversation. You were here to deliver value. And that kind of behavior, I think, is also indicative of the kind of consulting that you do and where you are here to contribute and deliver value. You're not here to take. You're here to give. And that's the behavior that I saw exhibited throughout this entire I, I, conversation. I, I, I had a business partner who always used to say like, our job is never to maintain the status quo, right? And so you're always there, like in big ways and small ways, you always have to figure out how to how, how to help move uh, forward. So yeah, that's, that's, I think the way to operate and, you know, it all comes back to you. Man, I, I love it. I love it. It's tradition around here for Jason to close this out. So I'll let him do that. But I got to say, it was great talking to you. Right on, Philip. Thank you. All right. Let's roll out that grand finale first. Oh, that's right. The grand finale. I didn't even bother asking. Wow. It really is five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So the grand finale, uh, uh, if you could have invited anybody, John, and I mean anybody to this conversation today, just take a second and think about what we just covered. It was a large gamut, but it was focused on your journey. Who would you have loved to have had here with us today and why them today? So, so, uh, I'm going to take a minute on this. Um, there's an obvious answer, uh, which would be, you know, Jeff Bezos, but, you know, he would have eclipsed me and you never would have heard from me. <laughs> right? Um, but um, there's a, 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 a deceased uh, gentleman by the name of Peter Drucker, um, very famous yes. management advisor, author. Um, and I just, I find the way he both thinks and then breaks things down into actionable, you know, structures and rubrics and components and everything. I I think he just really was a great thinker. And if I could be, you know, just a fraction of what Peter Drucker has accomplished, that would be a big hallmark. But, you know, Peter Drucker would be the the person I'd choose to sit next to me in this conversation. Man, I am a bookworm. It's something I try not to say to people because reading books is something a lot of people talk about. But Managing Oneself by Peter Drucker is by far something that everybody should have in their back pocket at any point in time if they're in consulting or leadership. It's just the real deal. And it's not much. It's a very thin book. And And you know. Yeah. And he worked with major publishers. How he got away with making a thin book, I don't know, because, you know, they like stuffing it with pages so that you could sell. (laughs) My whole design principle for my books is um, to avoid what's called TLDR. Right. So TLDR is too long, didn't read. And so I think the whole secret for a good business book is to actually make it thin, which is hard to do. Um, and you can't, you don't repeat yourself. So too many business books are really one idea and, the, and they just go through it 10 times, right? Um, to write a good book has to be thin and it has to be a set of ideas. Uh, each one talked about only once. Yeah. I, under, t- under 200 pages always. Because <laughs> you can read that on a flight. TLDR, that's the, exactly it. It's With a glass of wine. 
That's hey, right. it's really five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. <laughs> well, Jason, man, close us out. It, 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 let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for being here. It was a great conversation. If people didn't get anything from that, well, they were just sleeping. So um, there was a lot there to 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 get from that. Um, go grab the book. I I I very rarely say that at the end, but I think there is some good value in what you got going on. And uh, so go get that book and read it. Read it on your next flight. That's right. Appreciate you, John. Thank you. Take it easy, brother. Have a good weekend. Right on. Have a great weekend. Real pleasure to meet you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.